Good evening. I'm Teresa Zoe Williams, and this is Up Too Late. A little later, Punky Mantia and I are going to talk living in a small town. I grew up in a small town, actually. I didn't even technically live in the town itself, but in the township surrounding it. Just this tiny town north of Pittsburgh. The only reason we're even on the map is because we have a lake. It's the largest natural lake in all of Pennsylvania. You might be thinking to yourself, oh no, I know that Lake Erie is much, much bigger. But I said natural lake. Conneaut Lake, the natural part of it, is bigger than the natural part of Lake Erie that's in Pennsylvania. How nuts is that? Like the Great Lakes, sure, but they're pretty man-made. It's not like nature just went and did it the way that they are now. But I digress. Anyway, ridiculously, I don't know how to water ski or wakeboard or anything normal people would do on a lake. I can swim, and that's pretty much it. My parents wouldn't even let me go on the boats with the high school boys in the summertime and learn, either. They were holding me back, man. This is totally one of the things on my list of transgressions of my parents. Others include not letting me have a skateboard, telling me I'm too shy to be an actor, and not letting me go to the punk shows unless they were at the Unitarian Church or the Woodcock Township Building. Straight up ruined my young life. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Anyway, living in a small town has some perks, though, like how you know absolutely everyone in town, or how it doesn't take long to get anywhere. We have three stoplights, just FYI. Or how there's absolutely nothing to do in the wintertime. So having a lake, we were a resort town. We're a resort town. So in the summers, we would double in size with all the the summer people, we called them. So the Pittsburghers would come up and even some Cleveland people would come down and they all had summer houses. In the winters, there would be just two streets of houses completely abandoned. Legally, I can't say that we had a lot of fun with those houses, but we had a lot of fun with those houses. Other things we'd do to entertain ourselves in the winter included actually doing our homework, hanging out at sheets, suck it, wah-wah, and kicking possums. So the thing about possums is they're aggressive. So you either have to punt them really far or kick them hard in the head. We also had an amusement park that would host a haunted hotel in the fall and other festivities throughout the year just not the rides, right? So the rides were only summertime, but they did other things like the haunted house. My first kiss was actually in that haunted hotel in the amusement park. Oh, sweet, wet memories. But I always knew I was made for more than that small town. It was too small for me. That's why I packed up my little black Camry and drove across the country to Los Angeles. From one extreme to the other, there really is no in-between for me. Well, I was born in a small town, but I won't die in a small town. Welcome to the show!
Tonight's drink of the day is something I hate, but is the most small town drink I could think of. A Bud Light. Ugh. Pinky's out still. You know who else was born in a small town? Jesus. This week's dramatic reading of scripture comes to us from the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. Now this is a story all about how our lives got twist turned upside down. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Joseph was all, Billy Jean is not my love. <laughs> but the kid is not my son. Such was his intention when, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. Thank goodness. He had no relations to her until... Okay, fun fact... This word in Greek doesn't mean they did have sex later. It just means that they didn't then. Greek for the win. Anyway, Mary bore a son, and Joseph named him Jesus. The ultimate small town story. Girl and boy like each other and plan to get married. Girl gets pregnant out of wedlock, but they get married anyway, and they make a nice family. The end. Please welcome to the show, writer and small town resident, Punky Mantia. Hey, Punky, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Now, Punky's not your real name, right? No. Your parents real weren't name that is Liz. crazy. No, no. They're crazy, but not quite that crazy. Uh, <laughs> my real name is Liz Schleicher. Well, welcome, Liz. Okay, so you live in a small town, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. I live in a town of less than 500 people in Western Missouri. Nice. So you, I grew up in a town with about that same many in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, so we should have a lot of fun with this. Uh, I wonder how <laughs> similar our experiences are. So to you, what is the best part of living in a small town? Um, to me, the best part of living in a small town is that everybody you everybody really knows everybody. There's a sense of family there. I mean, uh, you know, like three of my best friends growing up lived on roads that were named after them. Oh my gosh. So after their families. So that's, like, you know, people no, have been living nuts. in the same places and, and knowing the same people 
for, oh my gosh, a hundred, 150 years. And so you'll meet somebody. And still to this day, when I introduce myself, you know, I say, oh, I'm Danny's daughter. I don't even oh, say my yeah. real name. <laughs> um, and <laughs> because they're going to know who my dad is, but they right. may not know me, especially since I've moved away. So. Oh yeah. See, that happens to me too, except I look just like my dad. So people are, are always like, oh, are you Jerry's daughter? I don't even have to say mm-hmm. it. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know my name at all, but they know my dad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. People have been living in my small town families for a hundred years as well. I, I'll never forget in high school, my history teacher had said to the one kid, I had your parents when we could still paddle kids in school. So if you don't start behaving, I'll just yeah. call them up and get some permission. Exactly. <laughs> But for me, it was different because my family, I was the first one born in that small town. So my parents okay. had both moved to the small town um, and mm-hmm. then raised the kids there. So, yeah, I'm kind of the first person to leave and, and go out and go and go be someplace else. And so it, it is weird because I, I mean, I, I passed through, you know, K through 12th grade in the same halls that my dad you know, walked when he was in the same grades and, you know, my kids don't have that experience. So it's, it's strange to kind of be disconnected from, from the whole, um, you know, I still live in a small town, but it's strange to be disconnected from my hometown. So, right. Right. I had that kind of feeling growing up because everyone had cousins or, you know, aunts and uncles, everybody had been there for years and years and years. And our family wasn't there. We were it. So our family was in Pittsburgh and Wisconsin where my mom grew up. So I always, I was always like the outsider because I was one of the very few families in our town that didn't have extended family there. Sure. Yeah. So very interesting to do that. And then in my family, even in like, well, my dad's side, everybody who lived in Pennsylvania, I'm the first to move away and stay away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everybody still lives in Pittsburgh. My two best friends live in our small town. Like, and then there's me away in, well, my third state since graduating college, fourth if mm-hmm. you count college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to college right across the border in Ohio. So, like, Eastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania, it's like a 20 minute drive. <laughs> it wasn't really being away. Hey. Same with Illinois and Missouri. I grew up in Western Illinois, went to college in central Missouri. Yep. So. Yeah. A lot of. What do you think is the worst thing about living in a small town? Oh gosh. It's the same thing. Everyone knows everyone. Yes. (laughs) It's the best and the worst part. Totally. Horrible. Uh, You know, so the same people who say, oh, you know, that I have to say, oh, I'm Danny's daughter. They're the same people that are going to say to me, you know, or say to, you know, my children or say to my, my spouse, oh, you'll you've always had a temper. You, you such and such it's because your great, great grandfather, oh, that's yeah. the, that's where it comes from. You know, you, they have all got tempers and they have since 1863. And so, you know, you're, you're judged by all the people, you know, and by your own family and right. that sticks. It, it's there yeah. forever. And so Small the memories are so long, like they can carry yes. everything forever. Your father was a Smith and the Smiths, they, they've always been gossips. Gosh. 
or like so. one thing that happened when you were like seven years old stays with you the rest of your life <laughs> yes angela yeah. i am talking about the italian dressing incident in your house <laughs> <laughs> i remember in 2003 you were in the paper weren't you oh, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah that's it. the the best and the worst thing are the are the exactly the same thing yeah uh, that same sense of community that kind of brings everybody together and and makes you know everybody can be really it can be really confining for some people and mm -hmm. and so that's why i mean you do get so many people that leave and, and go elsewhere and um yes. and and so it's it's just whether or not the good outweighs the bad i guess for most people right yeah, yeah, or what's available in your small town for you as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was a big drawback for me when deciding what to do and where to go with my life. Yes. Um, that it is so limited, you have to be into very particular things that your town offers. Yep, yep. Agriculture. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, or your, your own cases. small business. Yeah. yeah. Small businesses. I grew up on a lake, so anything marina related, mm -hmm. law, you know, your your essentials. And then that's pretty much it. Similarly, and that's if you can I, boot the 82 year old doctor who's been in practice for 60 years <laughs> so that yeah. you can start a practice. <laughs> yeah. And once again, everybody knows everybody. And so they're going to be like, I heard you got a C in microbiology. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to go and. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But no, I, I grew up, I grew up on, um, not quite on the Mississippi river, but had, um, quite a few friends who had riverfront property and not that that sounds fancy but it's really not whenever you're like the, the middle the middle right. of nowhere so right. yeah definitely grew up in that whole river rat mindset you know and and a lot of folks in our area are you know barge pilots and things like that too but obviously that that wasn't going to be for me so yeah <laughs> i know that feeling no I, I would make a great barge pilot <laughs> oh yeah i could totally see it you and your your barge just you're like Mark Twain. You'd be like Mark Twain. How perfect would that be for you too, since you're already a writer? Yeah. No, no really. I do, I do take a lot of inspiration. He lived just about an hour up the river. I've been there, but yeah, but even he, but I, I don't know. I tried too. reading life on the Mississippi. I just don't think I can do 63 chapters of steamboats. It's not happening. So well, that's why he wrote so many other things too. He couldn't do it either. He got that one out and was like, got to be done. There's only so much barge you can take. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that, that is my life. <laughs> so you've always lived in a small town, be it your hometown or the one you're in now, huh? For the most part. Um, I mean, I, I spent two years in Billings, Montana and four oh, years out okay. way at college in both. And, you know, both places, it was like a hundred thousand, but to some people that's still a small town. So, you know, if you're talking, yeah. if you're talking to somebody from New York or Chicago, right. you're, they're like, Oh, a hundred thousand. That's really small. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're like, no, no, no small. Like I graduated with 70 other people in my public yeah. school class. Like not let's talk 000. about small. <laughs> Right. If you really want to, I knew everybody's business in all four years that I was, you know, there, anybody's business. We knew it. Whew. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And then there's yeah, me. If I really want to, 
if I really want to illustrate to people, I'm like, well, yeah, I had my classmates and I knew their names. I knew their middle names. I knew their parents' names, their grandparents' names. Also, I knew their dog's names. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I could get to all their houses without a map. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Even on the back windy roads, because they're all back windy roads. There you go. (laughs) Um, I moved. So I went from one extreme to the other. I went from the small town to Los Angeles. (laughs) Like, yeah, complete opposite ends. And and I've lived in other, I haven't lived in a small town ever since, but um, some smaller cities, I guess. Okay, so what's one thing you wish people understood about living in a small town better? I think that people are there because they want to be there. They're not just there because they couldn't get out. Um, I think a lot of people, especially a lot of people from urban areas tend to have the preconceived notion that like, there's no reason that you would ever want to live there unless you have no other choice. Um, and there's just, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I mean, we moved, we moved here intentionally, um, you know, cause we wanted, you know, our kids to have an acre of land to play on. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to have them to have that kind of experience that I had while I was growing up. Um, you know, the other people move here cause they, they, you know, they want more space. They want to be alone. They like the sense of small community, um, you know, and, or, you know, they're professionals and they've come to practice in an area that really needs them. Um, right. so that, I think that's the, I think that's the notion that I'd like to dispel the most. I mean, people are, people are here because they want to be here. There's a lot of other places that people could go and, and it's not just cause they're stuck. Right, right. In fact, so a lot of my friends or a lot of people I went to school with still live in our hometown mm-hmm. and or right around like there's another slightly bigger city uh, city. It's a town. <laughs> um, but they're all there because they want to be there. They had opportunities. They could have gone wherever they wanted and they've all chosen to stay or come back. Um, and I think that was So I used to hate living in my small town. I was like, this is too small. This is just not for me. I would never be able to make it here, especially with what I had wanted to do in life. And seeing friends come back after living in other places or just stay and like choose to stay really changed my personal mindset to like, this is actually like a good place to live. There's nothing wrong with it. just because it wasn't for me doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's bad. Um, now, I could never go back, <laughs> but I visit and I understand that. And like, sometimes I'm, I really long for it again, like long for that sense of community and long for, you know, those friendships that you can have in a small town that are harder to, to get in a bigger city because you're so yeah. close. <laughs> Yeah. I had the, I had the same feeling. Like I went away to college and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I want to be anonymous. I, you know, I want to, I I don't want to be under the microscope all the time. Um, and, and I was happy there. I was happy Mm -hmm. there as well. But, um, but you know, after a while it, I kind of just wanted to, I'm an outdoorsy person. I am a small community person and big on, you know, like doing things at a local level and, Mm. and solidarity that way. And so it just meant a lot to me to be able to come back to a place that is similar to the place I grew up. Yeah. See, and that's, I love finding yourself in like 
well, really what God has placed in your heart and like how you find that fulfillment. And a small town is just, you, you can find yourself just as easily in a small town as you can somewhere bigger. You don't necessarily need all of the experiences that bigger cities offer. Sure. Oh, what would you change about living in a small town? Like if you could change one thing, what would it be? Oh, right now. Um, just honestly, I, I look back in history and I see these small towns and all, and all the self-sufficiency they had. And, and, you know, let's say, even though you were a town of 500, you had all the amenities that you needed within, within the city limits to make, yeah. you know, your life easy. You had your, your, you know, little grocery store and your gas stations and, and your doctor and everything was there. And we just don't operate like that as a country anymore. And so for us, um, the nearest larger town where, you know, there are stores and, you know, medical attention and things like that, it's about 15 minutes away. Yeah. Now for my parents who um, still live in the town where I grew up, things are about an hour away. Okay. Um, and so, it, I mean, it's very isolated. And mm-hmm. and I think over the years, I think industrialization and like big box stores and commercialization basically just killed off the whole like mom and pop vibe of, of every town having the things that you needed to live there. Right. And so that adds an extra level of dedication to people who want to, to live in small towns and, and be in small places. Um, it's just, it's, it's harder to get to the things you need. And yeah. I know that's something that that urbanites really enjoy is having all those amenities at the tips of your fingers. And, um, and so I'd like to see, you know, a turn back toward that. And, or I'd say that it is the thing that makes it the hardest. You can't just up and go, like, if you forgot something at the grocery store, you know, you're gonna have to wait like a few days or like really inconvenience yourself to go back and get it. It's not just, Oh, let me run back there. Right. Right. Exactly. So for reference, the nearest town, Erie, like the actual city, is about an hour away from where I grew up. So like if you wanted a, a real mall, if you wanted any specialty stores or specialty doctors or anything like that, if you want a Starbucks, you have to go to Erie and that's an hour away. And it's interesting because like I grew up there, it never felt like I was missing anything. But now that I've been away, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could yeah. go back to like not having a target right there. <laughs> That's that that does make it hard to go back. I remember that in my parents' entire county, the first fast food restaurant came in when I was in college, oh high gosh. school or college. So yes, and that was Subway. Yes. So fancy fancy. <laughs> Woo! So, yeah. I know we right? now we got now. a dollar general too. It's almost like Ooh, a metropolis. Wow. It's, you guys are growing. <laughs> growing progress. Leaps and bounds, right? man. Now that's how you know it's a small town when everybody's like, oh my gosh, a subway and a dollar general. Dollar general. Wow. I remember when the Walmart went up um, right outside my hometown um, and it was the biggest deal. And then they changed it into a super Walmart or whatever they call Mm. it, Walmart Super Center. And it was like the talk of the town for years. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, we made special trips to Walmart just to hang out. <laughs> oh, come on. Didn't every rural high schooler do that? You know, you go there at midnight, you wander yeah. around doing things you shouldn't, leave random yeah. stuff in the cheese aisle. Play hide and seek in the clothing racks. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. this is the entertainment we had for ourselves. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Where can everybody find you? 
Um, you can find me. I currently blog at Patheos um, under my pen name, which is Punky Mantia. Um, and uh, I also, if um, if you like my writing there and would like to see more of it, um, I blog for or blog. I write columns, um, news columns. Uh, for a wider audience, um, with the Sedalia Democrat, uh, newspaper. Oh, um, and that is, um, you know, just sedaliademocrat.com. And that's, um, my writing on a way wider variety of topics than faith awesome. and rural life. So perfect. And check the show notes for those links. Cause they'll be there. Okay. Thank you, punky Liz for coming on tonight. It was so good to talk with someone who understands what it's like living in a small town. Um, so thanks. It was great to be here. Okay, give it up for Punky Mantia, everybody. This week's top 10 is the top 10 biblical cities. So coming in at number 10 is the twin pillars, Sodom and Gomorrah. They were not very upright pillars, though. In fact, they were plain horizontal. At number nine is Nineveh. Nineveh was pretty much the biblical equivalent of Las Vegas. Sin City, baby! It's hot there and getting hotter. Moving on, number eight is Babylon. That pesky tower really screwed things up. No bueno. Coming in at number seven is Antioch. This place is called the Cradle of Christianity. It's also where Peter and Paul had it out. Today we call this the Thunderdome. Number six is the Garden of Eden. You'd think it doesn't get better than this, but then you notice the place is infested with demonic snakes. No, thank you. And number five is Cana, and this is where Jesus performed his first miracle and turned water into wine. I want to be wherever the wine flows. Coming in at number four is Bethlehem, where sweet baby Jesus was born. It also means house of bread, which is just yummy. Okay, but moving on, number three is Nazareth, the place where Jesus grew up. Those people ended up being pretty mean to him, though. Hmm. At number two is Galilee, where Jesus did a lot of his preaching and where some of the apostles were from. It's also the last name and first name of famed astronomer Galileo. And finally, coming in in the top spot of biblical cities is Jerusalem. Everything centers around Jerusalem, except the sun. It's literally the center of all the action, except all that astronomy action. It's where Jesus died, and it's the metaphor for heaven. It can't get any better than that. And that's your top 10. Yay! This week's weird saint is St. Zelie Martin, wife of St. Louis Martin, and mother of St. Therese. She was a successful lace maker in addition to being a homemaker. Her business was so successful that her husband closed up his watch shop to help her more punching the patriarchy right in the face. She did get breast cancer, and she suffered through that while also still nurturing her young girls. There's nothing funny about that, just completely admirable. She was also a little dramatic, which, 
Homegirl, I get you. She once said, Oh, well, that's the day so far, and it's still only noon. If this continues, I will be dead by this evening. We just celebrated Zelly and her husband, Louie, on July 12th. Thanks for another great evening on Up Too Late. Remember to check my blog at TeresaZoeWilliams.com for details on this month's giveaway and how to enter. Lots of cool stuff and you don't want to miss out. Special thanks tonight to Punky Man Tia for joining us and to my first dearly departed boyfriend for trying to play tonsil hockey with me in a haunted house. And a special thanks to Conneaut Lake PA for raising me to want to get the hell out. Much love to all my listeners out there. You're fantastic. You're the real MVPs of this. Up Too Late is a Brexley podcast. You can find it and other amazing podcasts worth your time at grexley.com. You can always find me on Twitter at Teresa Zoe. And if you must, on Facebook and Instagram at Teresa Zoe Williams. God bless and keep you. Sleep well and have sweet dreams. May your guardian angel be close at hand and Mama Mary wrap you in her mantle. Go to sleep!